Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James P. Friel. I am super excited to have a very, very good friend of mine on the line today, Mr. Trey Llewellyn, who I have gotten a chance to watch him just totally grow as a, as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner over the years that we've known each other, you know, starting with, uh, you know, selling T-shirts on Teespring uh, to making millions of dollars uh, selling all sorts of different products through his own funnels creating masterminds, helping tons and tons of people. Very, very grateful for his time here today. And before I get to Mr. Trey Llewellyn, I am also joined by another legend, the man, the myth, the one riding into the studio on his noble steed today, Mr. Dean Holland. How are you today, Dean? (laughs) All the better for being here with you guys, of course. And how are you? Excellent. Excellent. So tell me, are you as excited as I am to have Trey on the show with us today? I am insanely excited just to share this. So my fiance is actually in Trey's mastermind program and uh, he's been directly helping her with her business, which has freed up my time, which is awesome. But other than that, <laughs> her, her business now is really starting to get traction and loads of awesome stuff's happening. I constantly hear, Trey, yeah, give me this advice and look at what's happening. I'm like, now we've got the guy on the podcast. So I'm excited for this. You know, Trey is not just one of these guys who starts a mastermind because he like wants to have a business, a mastermind business, right? Trey, I think one of the things I love about you, and then I'm finally going to let you talk, is that you do. You take massive action. You're one of the people that I know who's just like implementing constantly. And just because of your insanely generous nature, you're like, okay, cool. Now I have to teach people how to do this because it benefited me so much. And I think that's one of the coolest things that I know about you. So welcome to the show, man. It's great to have you here today. I appreciate you guys having me. Noble Steeds. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Next time, uh, might I suggest you ride in on Noble Steed also? I, I want to. <laughs> yeah, it's I know you want to. It's the only way to travel. <laughs> Dean actually sold his car. He, uh, he rides everywhere <laughs> on a steed now. <laughs> he doesn't get quite as far, but he seems to enjoy himself more. And you know, in the, at the end of the day, it's what really matters. So, Trey, one of the areas that I wanted to sort of touch on with you being on the show here today is you have seen tremendous growth in your uh, in your businesses over the last few years, especially, you know, there's been ups and there's been downs. And I think one of the things that's always impressed me about you is your extremely contagious optimism and your attitude of forward progress and forward momentum. And can you talk a little bit about, you know, what's happened for you and your business over the last few years? And then maybe we could dig into some specifics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so ups and downs, right? Uh, uh, we were on a call the other day, and you know, you you think you're going to get somewhere, and you get there, and it just holds more different problems, right? Not the same problems that you that you had to get there, 
but more problems come out of the ground, raise up. And it's like, wow, didn't even think about that. <laughs> and then you get to the next level and you're like, ah, screw those problems. I got ri- what the heck is this? This is another problem. Holy <laughs> smokes. Like, how am I going to get through this? And so, yeah, there's, there's problems. I mean, so a little bit of background. I was an engineer, you know, uh, through, through college and took it for five years. And really what I got from that education was how to problem solve. That's really what that education taught me. And I think that's played a really big role into what we have faced over the, two, the last two years of the amount of problems. And just to give you some examples of those awful goosebump, heartache, lump in the throat kind of issues is we thought we were smart and got a Google voice number. You know, that's the right thing to do because it's free and cheap. And usually cheap is free. But that doesn't forward. There is no, and if someone calls it twice, like two people call at the same time, it has a busy signal. So it really wasn't that mom and pop feel. And you can't port a Google voice number. So that sucks. What that means is like if you get a landline, you can't transfer your Google voice number over to that landline. Or if you switch to voice over IP, let's say you're going to take calls through your computer, you can't transfer that number either. So basically all this media that you've put out there with your phone number now doesn't exist because you've changed your phone number. And we shut down a police station. One time we had a detective call us and he says, uh, our dispatch can't take 911 calls right now. And I said, what? And he goes, yeah, you're sending too many emails to our servers and it's locking them up. It's actually heating them up. We had to shut them down. So that's scary. We had a, a police officer, a lot of stuff with around police. We had a police officer walking <laughs> into our office one day and he, he jumps in. I hear his walkie talkie, you know, like coming in, like, oh, 10 walks in. He's like, you're under arrest. And I was like, holy smokes, where'd you come from? And like, he goes, just kidding, but just wanted to make sure you guys were real. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, we had a call from a, from a guy in Maine. He bought a couple products from you and just wanted to make sure you guys were real. And I was like, okay. And then we had a guy who, you know, you get, you get one crazy for every 100,000 people and that'll tear up your business pretty quick. We had a guy who would call and chat into our chat and he'd talk about how he had a surveillance van outside the window and and he was watching our every move and basically he was going to watch us through the night and like all this crazy stuff and knew where we lived and, you know, started naming people off. And it was just like, holy smokes, this dude's nutto. And uh, and he was like the CEO of a company, which was kind of crazy. But, you know, it's just stuff like that that you run into where one day we had landlines and we were getting phone calls. I was like, oh, we should switch to voice over IP. And we did. And we didn't realize we were getting 15,000 phone calls a day versus the 300 where we thought we were. You just start running into different problems. But at the end of the day, James, you know, I think the optimism that led me to where we are today was the only thing I could think of was tomorrow I have the opportunity to live. And as long as I get to wake up and be alive and be able to smell the air and, and you know, be with the kid and, and uh, enjoy everything that I have, there really isn't a, a problem that's going to trump us is really mm-hmm. what it came down to, you know? And so I always had that, and I still do to this day, like anytime that I'm like, oh, might as well toss in the towel. At the end of the day, it's like, you know what? Even if we lost the house, even if we lost the cars, even if we couldn't pay for a meal, you still get to live. You have the most beautiful gift that God can give you, which is life. And as long as you have that, it's pretty hard to tear me down. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I think a lot of people think, you know, it's, it's so easy for you to say that, Trey. Like, you've got, you know, all these businesses and, you know, you're flying to China and meeting with manufacturers and, You've got, you know, all these training programs and all this stuff. And I think a lot of people may have 
a tendency to say, well, when I get all of that stuff or when I get to that level or whatever, like I'll, you know, I'll be happy and I'll be optimistic and everything. But I think what, what I'm hearing you say is like the core essence of your philosophy that has most likely helped you produce all of those things is that you wake up feeling successful and happy because you're alive and you're here mm-hmm. and then you get to go and do everything else as a bonus on top of that. You know, that's just something that's, that's super cool, you know, that I wanted to call out for people listening to this show. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't remember who it was that told me this uh, some time ago because I think for all of us, probably at some point in our lives, like in our businesses, sometimes your problems can feel like the end of the world, right? And I remember having a discussion with somebody about this and they shared something with me and it's really helped me ever since to not let anything really get on top of me too much now. And that's to work out the worst possible scenario. Like what is the worst possible thing that could happen here and to become okay with it? Like, oh my gosh, all this stuff's going wrong. Okay, well, what's the worst outcome? Well, I could lose my merchant account. Okay, what does that mean? We won't be able to process. Okay, what would you do? Apply for a new one. Okay, so what's the problem here? There really isn't one. Because <laughs> you bury yourself with your problem, don't you? And it's like the world will end. And it's like you actually work out the worst possible outcome of doing that thing. And if you can become okay with that, then nothing can ever possibly stop you. And that's kind of the process I go through now is like, what's the worst outcome of me taking this risk or me doing this thing? And it's like, okay, well, that's not really that bad. I would just start again and go all over again. No problem. And I think that, that for me is an approach that's always helped. Is like become all right with the worst outcome and then nothing can ever stop you. I want to talk to you about uh, something that I, I received as a gift five months ago in Vegas from, it wasn't herpes. It was. <laughs> I was going to say, this story could lead anywhere right now. I've received many a gift in Vegas myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I got invited to this really private mastermind. It's so cool. And uh, this guy named Alex Sharfin stood up. He talks about how to be an entrepreneur or what it means to be an entrepreneur. And I know that sounds like, okay, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like you get up and you go. But he really like dissected. He read like a thousand biographies of, of all these entrepreneurs and really stood up to talk about and stand up for entrepreneurs because we're always told in school, like, don't talk to Susan. Stop rattling your pen. And, and uh, you have ADHD. Take medicine. Take pills to di- diagnose that. And it's like, no, I'm an entrepreneur. Like, get out of my way. Right. And so we're not understood as a, as a society, which was really cool. But the cool thing that I took away from him, which has stood a lot of ground for me, which he pointed to me and he goes, you're a 30 million dollar racehorse. And I was like, Poof. I was like, holy smokes, you're right, dude. Because here's the thing. If I own my own racehorse and I paid a million dollars for that horse, a million bucks, laid down a check and said, you know what? You're my horse. You better be damn well know that. I would have that thing up at 5 a.m. It would eat amazing food. It would run sprints. It would exercise. It would be educated. And that thing would be a million-dollar racehorse to go win races. But when we circle that back and we say, but what if we're the $30 million racehorse? Then mm. why, why am I not treating myself as if I were, like feeding myself the right nutrition? or working out to make sure I'm healthy or to educate my brain to make sure it's growing and to make sure like overall, like my religion side is, is increasing. And, and I got to tell you, man, like ever since he has pointed like one finger at me and, and called me out on that, I can't help, but you know, like look at a muffin different or look at candy different or look at soda different or look at even alcohol 
differently uh, versus like getting up and, and you know, exercising and, and looking at my diet and how I'm treating myself because, I, yeah, he's right. I'm a, I'm a $30 million racehorse. What the hell am I doing to myself? Why am I beating myself up? Because there's no way if I owned one, I would treat it the way that I treat myself. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's changed the perspective of how I go about life. And it gets me emotional because I've been doing it all wrong, you know, for 29 years, 30 years. And it just now took some guy to point a finger and say a sentence to me hmm. that changed the projection of my life. And you know what? But this, this is another thing that I, I sort of want to bring out of this conversation. You know, here you are. You know, already by, you know, all your circles and everybody's like, okay, Trey's on track, Trey's successful, all this other stuff. But you have a mindset for constant growth, right? And to constantly be a student. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because you'd never be in that room to even hear the advice Mm -hmm. of being a $30 million racehorse if you decided, oh, like I've arrived, Right. I've already crossed the finish line. Like I've gotten things as good as they need to be. Like there's an appetite and a drive there for continued expansion that I think is is something that's also fueling the growth of your companies and you as an individual. Yeah, I think we in life we we cross multiple finish lines. So there's never like that final finish line. So like an example, you wanted to go for a for a run, a marathon and train, you would cross that first marathon finish line, but then you do you know, more bigger, longer runs than Ironmans, than uh, those mud wars that they do. And it just keeps on going, right? And so there's multiple finish lines that are just different. They come with different issues and different problems. And I think what's cool, man, is, and you've called me out on this, is how I treat the day. It's very recent to where we started actually waking up early and actually, you know, dedicating time to study and, and things like that. But two years ago when you first came, you know, you mentioned to me, you go, it's amazing that you leave your office at five o'clock and then you don't think about it anymore. You don't touch it. You don't open your laptops. And yeah, I'll get on Facebook on my phone or, you know, see if anybody's chiming in in the group or whatnot that we mentor. But most likely, more than likely, and most of the time, I don't. I don't get on the funnels. I don't build a funnel. I don't change an email. I don't look at emails. And uh, you were probably the first person, James, to really pin that down on just saying, I, you know, that's, in, that's cool that you do that. And I didn't realize I was doing it, you know. Mm. And so mm. I think that's helped uh, growth because you do have to separate that stuff. I think a lot of us get into that, that pinwheel of got to keep going, got to keep going, got to keep, you know, do the work and go crazy. And, and the thing is, is, you know, one of our good friends, Sean Lynham, he, he, he did a quote towards me and he goes, the work will be solved in the amount of time given. And that's a cool concept because if I say I need to get this project done in eight hours, it's going to take me eight hours. But if I say I need this project done in three, more than likely I'll get it done in three. But the project is, is going to take as long as the time that I give it to take. So if we give ourselves you know, eight hours in a day to complete certain projects, more than likely it'll get completed. But if you give yourself that opportunity to say, you know what, I'll just do it when I get home. I'll do it after dinner. Uh, I'll do it after I put the kids down. Versus saying, you know what, I have set times that I'm going to work on my business and get this thing moving. I was actually given a riddle last week. It's a really good riddle. Sitting down to dinner with a multimillionaire, does real estate here in St. Louis, has six Keller Williams offices, like does really, really good. He, he goes, I have a riddle for you that I was given you know, two years ago. And I said, what's the riddle? He goes, without using the resources you currently have, how could you build a million dollar a year business and give it only an hour a week of time? That's the riddle. (laughs) 
Dean Holland, I think you're buzzing in on this one. <laughs> so, so in the absence of Dean's comment, what what did you uh, did you have a response to that? Of course not. No, I didn't at the time, and neither did he. And so he he said he actually solved his he solved the riddle, but he wouldn't tell me what it is. So just so I'm I'm clear on this, because I'm probably going to think about this now too. You should. Everybody should. <laughs> Starting from scratch. Yes. The only thing you have available to you is what you know and the people you know, I assume, or the people uh-huh. you know not not involved in this either. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, that's fine. Uh, but basically, you can right. use any resources that you currently possess. Yeah. Okay. Well, and you're going to build a million dollar business a year with only giving it one hour a week time. All right. Well, there you go, you guys. If anybody comes up with that, we'll have a special prize for you besides the million-dollar-a-year business and one hour a week. (laughs) There you go. Maybe they should be hosted on your show. Maybe they should be. The winner of this will be a guest on Just the Tips. Do you want to hear my solution? Yeah, I do. So my solution comes inspired by brianjohnson.me. And what what Brian Johnson does is he goes out and, and reads books. He transcribes them. He doesn't call them cliff notes. He calls them philosopher notes. I think you were actually the one to, to give it to me, James. Is like, yeah, I love that guy. Brian Johnson, I mean, so I did. But what's cool is, is I didn't only you know, read his content and, and become a subscriber. I took a step back and said, what is this guy doing? Like, what's his business model? And it's absolutely astounding is because all he's doing is regurgitating information already given and summing it up into a series of six pages and charging you $10 a month for it. And that's brilliant. He is now paid to read. And let's just say he reads an hour a week because he just adds, you know, a book maybe every month or so. And so the riddle in that knowledge gave me the Commerce Kings podcast. And so with the Commerce Kings podcast, that's free content. But where the million dollar business comes from is the, the, the people who enroll into the behind the scenes program at $97 a month. That's the content I'm not creating, by the way, right? And what's even crazier is to make that a million dollar a month business is only 859 people. Well, there you go. So I, did, I, I didn't know that's where Commerce Kings came from. And so, so just so you guys know, Commerce Kings, you know, Trey, you can kind of elaborate on what that is a little bit, but that's your video podcast where you're having, you know, various people in the, you know, e-commerce and, and entrepreneur space talking about, how they're you know crushing it in, in e-commerce and then and then you've got the behind the scenes which is where they you know give specific how to's and like real tips and tricks and all that stuff right they talk about the stuff that they normally wouldn't say on a public microphone and i gotta say like the advice that i've received just being the host uh, on those podcasts that are recorded for the behind the scenes is um whew, it's powerful. It's it really is because you know the people that we're having on there aren't just you know some person we randomly picked up on the street. It's it's an invite only because uh, it's people who I look up to. It's people that I know are actually successful that are, are actually you know bringing in income, not just income claims. And I've I've actually watched them over years build their businesses, and uh, and it's 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 an, it's been an absolute just joyride. But to take that and then to monetize it on the back end, that's where the million-dollar business came. Because all it is, if you really look at it, it's an hour podcast a week. We record one podcast a week. That's four hours a month. And that's where you get a million-dollar business. It's awesome. And just so you guys know, like uh, I think you were telling me, Trey, like the guy, you know, a lot of people know uh, Tap Out Sports. 
you know, for, from the MMA space and they've, you know, merchandised so many different things, but you had the guy uh, who created tap out sports on there pretty recently, didn't you? Yeah. We had the founder of, of tap out the CEO, Dan, his name's Dan. Uh, yep. so yeah, we had him on and, and that was, whoo, he, uh, he put an amazing guy, what an amazing story. But he, I gotta say, he's gonna probably hit the record of longest podcast for a long time because he, we did a interview with him for two hours. Oh wow! And, and then we did the behind <laughs> the scenes. So it was like the first part was just two hours, and then we had to go behind the scenes and just dig into a little bit more. And I gotta tell you, like the stuff that guy has been through and what he's done and what he knows and where he's headed, it's uh, it's a cool thing. And and you know, people like that. People of that stature. Right. It's, it's just incredible to listen to and to ask them the, the questions like no one asks them, but no one, but everyone should. Right. Like, what's it feel like to get sued? What's it feel like to be on the, on the brink of bankruptcy, but no one knows? What's it feel like to not know where the next uh, shirt design is going to come from? You know, like things like that. You know, what did you do with the first million dollars that was wired to your account? He bought a Lamborghini. Like looking back, what, what's your feelings on that? That was the stupidest thing I did. You know? <laughs> so, you know, thing, things, things like that, right? And it's just, it's the, I, lo- I love those questions because we get to uproot uh, some of the deepest inner thoughts and inner uh, things that's changed their lives. But no one, everybody always asks like those top questions, right? Like, oh, how's your day? And what was it like to be, you know, the founder of Tap Out and all that stuff? But, you know, we do that with everyone and because I really want to get deep into their mind and, and really see how they how they dealt with those pain points as they had to relive them through the questions I ask. Sure. And I know so I know there's three questions that you bring up on each one of those episodes. I want to like sort of flip the script here for a second. Yeah. And ask you those three questions. So I'll I'll line them all up. So it's the yeah. single biggest but the biggest the imp- the book with the biggest impact. Yeah. The event that you've attended yes. that has had the biggest impact and who has been the mentor for you that's had the biggest impact. Yeah, that's uh, okay. So it's kind of fun flipping the questions on myself, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm having a good Trey's time. Like, I've never thought about this before. <laughs> well, yeah, because I'm always like, oh, I want to see what the biggest book they have. The book, the book's title doesn't give it enough weight to what it actually does, but there was a book I read maybe uh, four months ago for the first time, actually. And it was a book that when I was reading the pages, not only what, did I have a smile on my face, but it actually created almost a tear, like a little bit in my eye, because it was a book where someone finally understood me. They understood me more than even I understood myself. And it was surreal reading it, and it was energizing reading it, and it is a book that will last a lifetime uh, because I want to go back to it. And that book is Think and Grow Rich. Right. It's a right. like I hate the title, but the book is just it's incredible of how it talks about entrepreneurs and people who like I love how he puts it into into perspective where, you know, Columbus set out to find land that didn't exist yet. Like what? You know, the Wright brothers created flight when it didn't when they didn't know how. You know, and, the, and then he has like all these people and examples like that to where it's like, holy smokes, like how do you even do that? Like, how do you, because he goes, if you can imagine it, you can create it. And just Napoleon did, you know, he wasn't the smart one. He just interviewed, you know, so many entrepreneurs and so many wealthy people to where he gathered all this information, put it in a book. The book's not big. It's, it's small actually, 
But man, like he really touched my heart. He touched my soul. It totally keeps me motivated. And that's the thing is if there's a time where you don't feel you're pushing strong enough or you're breaking down or something's breaking beneath you, like you're standing on quicksand, as I'll, I'll, I'll say sometimes, I know going to his book and just reading that makes you say, holy smokes, like you're right because I, I do have desire. I do have vision. I do have, I know where I'm going and this is me. The world is, is my sandbox. And James, you're, you're, I, you, I use your quote all the time, but you know, James Friel, you are the author of your own life. So why let someone else write it? So true. So right? true. So I, like I love that. that book. It is so good. It motivates me. It encourages me. It, it picks me up when I'm down. So, and I hand that book out. Like I, I buy 10 copies at a time and someone will be, you know, sad or they'll be like, oh, my business is failing. I throw that book in their face. I was like, read this. <laughs> read this right read this. now. You know, it's a funny thing because it took me a long time to read that one too. And I think there's like sometimes maybe it's an age thing. Maybe it's an experience thing. Like, I don't know exactly what it is, but I think at first when you get into business, or at least this is my experience, you're like, oh, I need to read like all the new and shiny books. Like if it didn't come out last week, it must be outdated <laughs> and I don't want any part of it and blah, blah, blah. Like who's going to read this Think and Grow Rich by some guy named Napoleon? Like I don't even know anybody living named Napoleon. And <laughs> like, am I really going to spend my time reading this book? And so I had like this whole level of, oh, it must be, you know, just like an old fashioned sort of book. But I agree with you. It's, there are just principles that are timeless and, uh, and that's really cool that, you know, that book had that impact, uh, for you well, Dean, um, just out of curiosity, now I'm really going off script here. Uh, <laughs> what, what book has had the biggest impact on you? Um, good question. I actually only started reading books about three or four years ago. <laughs> not, um, not ever. I did read some in school. But, you were doing um, like finger painting and things like that before. <laughs> like Mr. Man, you know, that kind of thing. Um, gosh. So there has been a lot now recently. I would say one that really gripped me and made me look at my business differently was E-Myth. Mm. That really made me look at my business differently and think, huh, I've like not really got things set up how they maybe should be. Um, so that was great. Uh, oh, I'm only allowed to say one book, aren't I? That's awesome. So, so Trey, along those lines, was there, was there a particular event? that you went to that just really had a major impact on you as a person? The event that made the most impact, I mean, it's, it's, it's twofold in the really way because uh, there was an event early on that I attended and it really opened my mind to this world, to being on podcasts, to, to selling things, which still blows my mind that people actually like take the effort to lift their credit card out of their wallet and slice it through their computer and, and hope that something arrives on the other side of the door. I mean, that blows my mind. And so that, that event opened it up, and that was Traffic Conversion, uh, which Perry, Belcher, and, and Ryan Dice put on. And that was, you know, I attended that three years, four years ago. Uh, maybe, two, I don't know, 2013 is when I did. But the events that have been probably monumental is the private events that aren't public. Those right. have been extraordinarily amazing because it's small groups, it's intelligent people, who are doing amazing things and um and sometimes sometimes you know they they cost and sometimes that price tag is like gosh dang like that is intense but you know the thing is is um when, when you know the people that are paying that are are freaking rock stars and so if you can put your your yourself into a room of rock stars 
uh, that's pretty powerful. Like I said, you know, I always want to be the dumbest person in there and the poorest person in there. And sometimes when I pay to be there, I am the poorest person in there. I'm like, okay, well, now that or that went that, and uh, hopefully this makes us money together. Wish granted. <laughs> Wish granted. And so, like, I'll give you an example. I received an email three days ago, and uh, it's just a, a company that we've worked with in the past to some of the stuff that we do. And they were putting on an event, a small event, 30 people. And to attend, it was twenty five grand, $25,000 for two days. So that's $12,500 per day to attend to surround yourself with some, some pretty high-level people in the room. And it's just like, gosh, dang, that's such a big ticket price. And, uh, and you got to throw out those limiting beliefs, you know, like, okay, well, where's this going to take me? Where's this leverage? Where's this lever going to pull me to? And, uh, you know, same thing you and I are talking about, James, is like, you know, moving to Puerto Rico. Like, what's going on with that, you know, in our brains? Like, why is that so darn tough? Uh, is it because it's an island? Is it because it's Puerto Rico? Is it, you know, what is it? And so, you know, I struggle with limiting beliefs all the time, and, and I got to slap myself around and, and dilute that. Uh, I'll tell you, a big one was getting up at 5 a.m. And like, I, you know, people right now listening to this are just like, ugh, 5 a.m., that sounds like an awful thing because I love my sleep. And I, I'll be the first one to tell you, so do I. I love my sleep probably more than you do. And, uh, but we still get in. I still get eight hours in because I go to bed at nine. You know, we're, we're, I'm in bed by 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night. But the cool thing is, is I'm up before the sun. And I don't only get to beat the sun up, but usually I beat it down too. Cool. See, there's another book, The 5 a.m. Miracle. The 5 a.m. Yeah, that one's a good one. No, I think that's a, it's a cool thing because not only is the sun not up, but man, it's, it's quiet. The house, you can hear creaks in the house at 5 a.m. Like just the world is quiet, you know? Uh, we live, we live uh, kind of near a lake and, you know, you and me, like the geese aren't even quacking yet out there uh, to be the only one. And, and just to kind of take the day, start the day in and, and live for you because if you, if you change your mind, you can change your life. And if you take time, which is kind of another Tony Robbins deal is, is when you, when you take time for you, you can make time for life. But when you don't take time for you, you don't have time for life. And that really set hard in me as well to where, man, I, why am I, why am I so down on getting up at 5am? Like, why is that such a problem? And because the limiting belief was, oh, I'm going to be tired. It's, it's hard. It's tough. Like it's easier to sleep than it is to wake up. And how I got around that limiting belief was. I started telling myself, you know, I, do, I, I get up early twice a year, and that's when time change comes, the, uh, the, the daylight savings time. We're forced to wake up an hour earlier, and it just becomes habit because we're forced to do it. And so why can't I force myself to wake up two hours earlier than I was? I was waking up at 7, and now we wake up at 5. Um, so at 5, we get up and, you know, coffee and uh, audio book, or we'll read, or uh, we'll just kind of, you know, enjoy each other's company. And usually I'll jump on the elliptical or I'm at, I'm at the gym uh, by 6 a.m. And so we've done so much stuff by 7 a.m. to take the kid to the school. It's, it's really fascinating. And then after that, the day starts. But I just spent two hours with myself uh, prior to that to really encompass the day. Maybe I'm an oddball at this point because I've been doing it for a long time. But I am a happier better human being when I wake up early. I get time to myself. I love the quiet in the mornings, like exactly like you're saying. Like when I get up, when I say I'm going to get up, I already feel like I won. And the, like the beginning of the day feels like victory. Man, that just creates so much momentum for me. The cool thing that I found is to entice you to wake up because you, you, can't, you can't wake up with a pain. Like you can't be like, I'm going to wake up and go for a run. Like that just sounds awful. 
you know, especially like, oh, I just wake up, I got to put my shoes on and go for a run. What makes it easier is, is when you treat yourself. And so to start off, I was treating myself with um, a cookie or two cookies. And, and <laughs> I was, because I don't, I don't, up, feed, I don't, got a cookie. I don't feed myself cookies or brownies of that sort. And so in order for me to get my ass out of bed and walk myself down to the kitchen, because if I could get that far, I knew I'd stay up versus shutting the alarm off. I said, you know what? I deserve a freaking cookie or two cookies. Uh, if I can get myself out of 5 a.m. You know what? That next day I freaking woke up at 5 a.m. I went down there and had some cookies. Like, <laughs> Stocks of chips ahoy have gone through the roof. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. I should do this more often. And then, of course, I, you know, I weeded myself off the cook. So then now it's coffee and then coffee with cream or whatnot. And that's a treat. That's a treat for myself because I have it once a day or once in the morning. And, and I really enjoy that. But, you know, I, you have to give yourself an award uh, for doing, you know, the hardest thing of the day. And that's, that's beating the sun up. And when you can beat the sun up, that's the first win of the day. Like you won. You won. You already won. And you, all you do is get up. Yeah, you, you're up. You're ready to go. You know, I've, I've been experimenting with morning routines like a mad scientist for like the last five years. But do whatever works, like whatever gets you moving, because you'd be surprised how much it adds up. Like getting that little jump on the day every single day, that yeah. produces big results over time. There's a massive positive snowball effect of that doing that. So you got me like on a soapbox here, Trey. Listen. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show here. You know, it's, it's always cool to catch up with you. Uh, you know, while we're recording this episode, uh, me and my family are ready to evacuate Florida for a hurricane. We're, uh, we're actually going to go stay with Trey. So we're flying to St. Louis, even though I told the kids Trey lives in this weird town called Bachovia. Don't ask me why I like screwing (laughs) with the kids. So We'll see you in a couple days, Trey, but thanks for being on the show, man. I, I, uh, I really enjoyed having you here. And for you guys who are listening and you want to find out more about what Trey is up to, you got to check out his Commerce Kings podcast. It really is good. He's got some great guests on there. I'm not just saying that because I've been on there, although I was totally honored to be on there. It is solid gold stuff. You don't have to be in the e-commerce space to enjoy it, but if you are in the e-commerce space, you're definitely going to want to check it out because uh, Trey doesn't hold anything back with him or the guests. Where can people go and find out more about Commerce Kings, Trey? The easiest thing is just go to the website, TreyLewellen.com. There you go. It's TreyLewellen.com. So Dean Holland, what else do you have to say? You're going to go leave here and have a cookie? Is that? Yeah, I'm already starting to think about my rewards. Like I'm thinking like <laughs> just big chocolate butch cake in the morning or something like <laughs> <laughs> Like I need big, re- I need big rewards here. Like it right. has to be big. Why is this man continuing to order three tier wedding cakes five days a week? <laughs> I got pizza waiting for me downstairs now. That is it. It's going on. <laughs> Trey Dean's never going to sleep again. See what you've done. <laughs> Why do you guys only get to put five? I get to put three. I have a four course <laughs> meal waiting for me. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, there you have it, folks. Dean uh, is going to continue to expand his waistline while waking up earlier. Not the intended consequence of today's interview, but it should be nonetheless interesting to follow his progress. So, uh, Trey, any, uh, any parting thoughts before we, uh, before we wrap this up, man? I think the, so the third question was, uh, you know, a mentor that's changed your life. Oh, right. I didn't even ask the third question. Look at me. It's okay. I'm missing. But here, yeah, please. Here's the, I think one of the greatest answers I could give is the best mentor is going to be your first mentor. 
So meaning, let's elaborate on that. You're saying, all right, if you haven't had a mentor, invest in yourself and get one. There you go. Yeah, I agree. Start, start making changes. Even if the worst mentor you've ever had, you've set a foot forward to saying, you know, I'm okay with paying someone who might be better than me and taking their advice and leading along their path. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, when, uh, how long ago did you hire your first mentor? Back in 2013. And I got to tell you, like hiring my first mentor was the biggest step I could have took because I was making six grand uh, a month being an insurance agent after, the, after overhead. I think I was pulling in maybe 4000 or 3000 And then uh, he wanted, he wanted $2,000 a month. And that was half my income check to be mentored by him. And, dude, I fought tooth and nail like a little child uh, saying no to him. And he was relentless uh, for three days via text to, to not take my nose. And he was just like bad it, right? I'd be like, no, I can't afford it. Get a credit card. Okay. I don't have time. <laughs> Get up early. Gah! You know, things like that. It's like he would just bat me. And I was like, gosh, dang, he's right. And so he's like, this is a life-changing thing. Like, do you, are you in or are you not? And that's kind of what it came down to. I go, I'm in. I'm in. Screw it. Best decision ever made because that, that allowed me to open up that mind gap in my own brain that says it's okay to be mentored. It's okay to pay a premium to have some of these guys who are successful teach you and go under their wing. And that's what you've been asking the universe for the longest time. And now here it is. And why are you saying no? I, I, I'd still be selling insurance uh, or doing something stupid, you know, flipping burgers at, at Chick-fil-A. So, you know, that's the, that's the thing is, is get a mentor Find somebody who knows something and, you know, just go along that way. It's, it's amazing. And be, be open to critical thinking and, and criticism. Hey, man, man, that's so cool. And you know what? Like on the opposite side of that, um, I, had, uh, I had a guy reach out to me recently and uh, he wanted me to mentor him. And I said yes. And it's a big investment for him. And it turns out I'm his first mentor. Right. And it's amazing how the circle goes around. Right. And I don't take that lightly. I'm like, okay, this guy is taking that first really scary step Mm -hmm. and he's trusting me to give him the guidance based on all my experience. And, you know, I'm now the consolidation of all the mentors that I've had and all the experiences that I've had. And I I just think it's a I just think it's a really special thing. And I I appreciate that advice that you're giving everybody, because Mm -hmm. it's not easy, especially when you haven't done it before. It seems to get easier once you do it because you realize like, oh, okay, there's, there is like way more value in this, especially if you're, you know, hiring somebody who was bringing a lot to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so true. That first step can be extremely scary. So there's no perfect step. And it should come with a warning that I feel it also gets addictive. Yeah. Cause like true. you invest in a mentor, you're like, yeah, I'm doing this. And then you level up and things start going well. And you're like, I need to pay someone else more money. <laughs> and you just keep doing it. And you're like, I love this feeling. <laughs> or is that just me? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's not just you. My mentors have definitely got more expensive over time. They do. Yeah, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. The, the yeah. one, the one tragic thing could happen. I call it the, uh, I don't know, the grandma theory. So my grandmother, she's, she's, uh, she does this. It's kind of funny. She'll take her medicine because she has pain in her leg, and then her leg will start feeling better. And she's like, oh, my leg's great. I don't need to take my medicine again. But yet it's the medicine that's you know, keeping her leg non-painful. And so it's like this vicious cycle. And I see the same thing happen with people is they'll go into a mentorship with someone and start becoming successful and be like, oh, well, I know everything there is to know now. And then they, they jump ship. And then they just go down the deep end because 
It was mm-hmm. the mentor that was actually keeping you accountable and keeping you on track and a new, a, a different set of eyes on your business because obviously it wasn't working in the first place, which is why you need the medicine, which is the mentor. And then when you got rid of the mentor, well, guess what? The pain comes back. Yeah. And, and like, it doesn't just apply to business here, right? Right. Of course. Currently I have a trainer for working out Ditto. that is my training mentor. I have a nutritionist who's my nutrition mentor. I have, I'm learning, you guys know that I'm learning the drums for over the last year. I have a drum teacher who's teaching me the drums. I have a business mentor. And, and at any given time, chances are pretty good. I have three, four, or five mentors who are coaching me and guiding me in specific areas because mm-hmm. I think time is the most valuable asset that any one of us has. And to waste time and to think that you've got to figure everything out on your own is super ridiculous, especially once you start having great people supporting you and helping you and guiding you and holding you accountable. It's like you'd never want to go back to just doing anything on your own. At least that's that's been my experience, you know, of working yeah. with mentors and coaches and stuff for like the last six or seven years. Mm. Yeah, definitely for me as well. I think that's that's probably where like the getting hooked on it comes from because you feel how long you've took to get somewhere on your own and you get a mentor and you're like, huh, they just gave me the answer to that thing that just took me the last six months to figure out. It's like you can just get that info fast. Yeah, totally. Well, thanks. Thanks for that, Trey. Any uh, anything else you want to touch on before we wrap today up? Yeah, I think that was great. I think that's I think they got a lot of nuggets to go home with. Dude, that was super cool. So happy you're here, man. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, definitely. We're uh, we're glad you're here, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Dean, anything uh, anything else? I, th- I think I'm done. I feel like this is a drop the mic moment, and it's 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 over. We're dropping the mic, folks. All right. <laughs> well, that's it for today. This is a wrap. This is James P. Freel signing off with my co-host Dean Holland from Just the Tips, and we will talk with you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.